Welcome back to Tales of Southwest Michigan's Past. This is Michael Delaware. I am your host. And in today's journey through history, we're going to look at the year of 1915, as reported on New Year's Day in 1916, and the manufacturing that was going on in Battle Creek, Michigan. So this episode is going to be about Made in Battle Creek. So come along and join me. So the information I'm going to use in today's episode comes from an article that was published on January 1st, 1916 in a newspaper in Battle Creek called The Evening News. And it was a Battle Creek newspaper, and it essentially was an article discussing the industry that was happening in Battle Creek and how it was significant compared to other areas of Michigan. But first, you have to put it into the context of the time frame. 1915, there was a war going on in Europe, which later became known as World War I. The United States had not entered the fray yet. So what was happening in Europe was causing an effect in the United States of slowing down and ultimately stopping imports from Europe because the war was raging all over France and uh, other parts of Europe, and it was interfering with manufacturing and exporting of goods to the United States, including England and other places. So you have this kind of boom happening across the United States with homegrown manufacturing taking off in 1915 and rolling in the 1916. And part of that was the cereal industry, and part of that was some of the other industries in town. That's what we're going to talk about today. So in this article, it headlines with, Few and insignificant are the things that aren't manufactured in Battle Creek. From steam pump to feather flowers and locomotives to breakfast foods and threshing machines extend the varied industries found in this remarkable city. And then it also lists out printing inks, stamps, brass goods, health foods, printing presses, paper balers, and bread wrapping machines are all made here. When the fortunes of war shut off importing from Europe, and this country responded, it was thrown into the larger extent on its own resources, and Battle Creek took stock of its manufacturing ability and discovered that its output ran into the hundreds of varieties, giving this city the right to claim the title of the most remarkable city in the world. This list goes from feather flowers to complete locomotives and from breakfast foods to traction engines and threshers. It begins with talking about the health food industry. There are a dozen kinds of food that are made by the Postum Cereal Company, the Kellogg Toasted Corn Flake Company, and the Kellogg Food Company, the Maple Flake Mills, the Quaker Oats Company, and the Grain Products Company, all manufactured in Battle Creek. Two of the largest threshing machine plants in the country, Nichols and Shepherd and the Advance Rumley, make machinery for threshing wheat, rye oats, barley, flax, rice, buckwheat, clover, and other grains, while the traction engines to operate these machines are also made here. Three pump-making companies, the American Steam Pump Company, the Union Steam Pump Company, and the Advanced Pump Compressor Company make all manner of steam vacuum condensers, compressors, portable hand and power compressors, and pumps operated with any kind of power with a capacity of 10 to 5,000 gallons of water per minute. Battle Creek made pumps 
are used to pump out the deepest mines, to furnish public water supplies, to operate elevators to tall buildings on ships in every line of manufacture. They are shipped to every corner of the earth. That's quite an interesting insight into that industry. I always knew the steam pump company and the and the water pump companies were manufactured here. And I don't believe there are as many pump companies. There may still be a pump company still here in Battle Creek, but there's not as many as there once were. But it's interesting for the time period here, this is January 1st of 1916, that they're talking about this industry having such an impact and shipping its products all over the world. Another company that they mention here is the Great Printing Presses under this headline. The Duplex Printing Press Company makes every kind of a press needed in the newspaper business. Presses for metropolitan dailies with a capacity of 30,000 papers on an hour, or presses for smaller city dailies with a speed of 5,000 an hour. It also makes the stereotyping and other equipment to go with these presses. The Gage Printing Company and the Ellis Printing Company, furnishing all kinds of printing engraving, electrotypes, and the like. Besides these the Battle Creek Paper Box Company and the Michigan Carton Company make the food cartons used here in the food business, and the Michigan Carton Company makes its own board from which the cartons are made. The All Steel Baler Company makes paper balers for business houses to bale all their waste paper to be used in this paper manufacturer. Bread wrapping machinery that wraps, ties, and seals the baker's loaf is made by the Battle Creek Bread Wrapping Machine Company and the Johnson Automatic Sealer Company makes waxed paper wrapping machines for wrapping food containers and other packages. Now that's an industry that I had not come across too much was the bread wrapping company and the wax paper wrapping company that was being manufactured these types of uh, machines right here in Battle Creek. Another uh, mention here is hose clamps, brass goods, and plumber supplies, grease and oil cups, and a big variety of brass, bronze, aluminum, and other castings are made by the AB Brass Foundry, the Sherman Manufacturing Company, and the Crabill Hose Clamp Company. The American Stamp Company makes mailboxes, dustpans, toy sailboats, and other novelty goods. So these are all smaller manufacturing companies that service a very particular industry that were in demand all across the United States during that time. Now, there's another interesting company they mentioned here, the Michigan Box Company, and it manufactured the bound boxes for shipping purposes. And there are also plants making box board paper and shipping fiber cases. The United States Register Company makes warm air registers, and the United Steel and Wire Company manufactures oven racks, exhibition coops, and other wire-welded products. Steel-sewed wooden columns made by the American Column Company, all kinds of harnesses made by the Eldred Harness Company, tailor-made candies, optical supplies, bath cabinets, and other medical supplies are also included on the list. Other smaller plants make feather flowers, sales books, extracts, auto supplies, steam traps, violins, and a variety of other products, while the Grand Trunk car shops are equipped for building complete locomotives. How about that? 
And it's an interesting to note that this is still 1916 and they're still in need for harnesses. People were still getting around in carriages and wagons and having horses as a form of transportation to carry them around. The automobile was just becoming used, but not many people had them and they didn't get widely introduced until almost another five to ten years later. So this was uh, an interesting manufacturing company during this time, and they were probably doing quite a business because it was the main form of transportation. And then it goes into the manufacture of printing inks. Nor is the manufacturing mentioned before all that is being manufactured in Battle Creek. The big four printing ink company makes inks that are noted over the country for their excellence either in the newspaper world or in the world of fine job printing. Nor is that all. The Battle Creek Roofing and Manufacturing Company turns out a grade of paint that is rapidly finding a substantial market. And for those who are sick or halt or lame, there is the Battle Creek Deformity Appliance Company, a concern that manufactures every sort of brace and bandage known to fit all shape to cover any defect. Well, that's quite an interesting name, the Battle Creek Deformity Appliance Company. I'll just leave that one there. (laughs) And for the power, Battle Creek is one of the centers of the Consumers Power Company, formerly the Commonwealth, which supplies electric current for electric line and manufacturers over this section of the country. The $750,000 plant here with its great dynamics is one of the main links of the awe-sable concern. And then there's the theatrical business. And in the line of the theatricals, Battle Creek is the central office of the Bijou Theatrical Enterprises Company, a concern that has the theaters in all the parts of southern Michigan, in Illinois, and in Ohio. And in connection with this is the Battle Creek Poster Printing Company, a new concern, that one that is rapidly gaining a name for itself in the theatrical world for the billboard posters and theatrical advertising turned out in constantly increasing quantities. There are few things in the business world that aren't made in Battle Creek and the only city of its size in the world that maintains such a variety of industries on such a mammoth scale. So that is an amazing tour of the different industries that were going on in Battle Creek and it's also kind of fascinating to look back at that a lot of those companies aren't around anymore. Uh, Another interesting uh, note in the same newspaper was a look at the infrastructure that was built in 1915 in Battle Creek. And all of these buildings that I'm about to list out were built in the year 1915. Remember, this article is uh, running on January 1st, 1916. And so the building record in Battle Creek was just short of $600,000. Now, remember, that's not adjusted for present-day inflation. It would probably be close to uh, six times that or higher of the amount of business investment. So there was a new city bank for $150,000. The old National Bank was built for $90,000. A sanitarium hospital for $60,000. A sanitarium laundry for $8,000. The Emerson Warehouse, Hebel Building, the Red Onion Cafe, the Inquirer and News built a building for $25,000. 
There was a Busy Bee Cafe built. The Michigan Railway Company built, they must have built a station or another building at that time, was 60000 uh, The Annex Block was rebuilt. The Michigan Carton Company built its building for $30,000. And the Calhoun Gas Company built it for $60,000. And I think it's interesting, the Michigan Carton Company just closed its doors here in Battle Creek. And they moved to another city or something like that. So there's a that building which is standing here dates back to that time period over 100 years ago. And the article goes on to say that more than a half a million dollars was invested in Battle Creek this last year in building improvements in the business section, in addition to the large sums invested in residential sections in new homes. The year of 1915 proved to be one of the best in the city's history in the amount of building done. People have shown their confidence in the future of Battle Creek by investing heavily in buildings for a permanent, durable character and suitable for a city much larger than Battle Creek is now. They were willing to invest in Battle Creek's future. Early in the year, the Noble Block that stood on Main Street and Jefferson Avenue for more than half a century was torn down and a new nine-story building business block has been raised in its place and will be ready for occupancy earlier in the new year. The City Bank of Battle Creek made this improvement and will occupy the entire ground floor with its banking rooms. Besides this, the annex block adjoining was rebuilt, an entire new front being added of modern design and other improvements being made in the building. About the same time, the old city hall was leveled, and early in the new year, the old National Bank will move from its present location at Maine and Jefferson, where it has been for years. The old National Bank building will be used exclusively for banking, as there will be no offices in connection. A large part of the land bought from the city adjoining the bank building has been used for a store building that is to be occupied by the M. Mass and Sun store. The new building will give the old national one of the largest exclusive bank buildings in this section of the state. The interior is finished in marble and the main room is lighted by a huge skylight. There are also beautiful bank offices and large vaults well protected for guarding the wealth of the bank. A new hospital. During the last year, the sanitarium has also finished its surgical hospital at Aldrich and Lincoln Streets, and a new laundry was also built on Garfield, just west of the hall. Practically all of the other business blocks built in Battle Creek this year are entirely or nearly fireproof. Andrew Hebel moved his undertaking establishment into a brand new two-story building at Main and Carlisle Streets, the entire building being devoted to his business. The old wooden building adjoining the old gas office at East Main Street was torn down in November and work started on a two-story brick building to be occupied by the Busy Bee Cafe. This will be a market improvement for this part of Main Street. The Michigan Railway Company showed its confidence in the future of Battle Creek by investing more than $60,000 in lands and buildings for its freight terminal on River Street. This building is entirely built of steel and concrete. The Michigan Carton Company also built a large warehouse on Fountain Street covering several acres and, and built a large storeroom over the Kalamazoo River 
joining its two departments. It also started work on a new office building and another addition to its plant. The Calhoun Gas Company during the past year erected a huge gas container and has started work on its plant to increase the output of gas demanded by the growth of the city. So Battle Creek was at a point in history where it was pretty proud of its growth and there was a lot of confidence spread in this growing economy. And this was just before World War I brought the United States into it in 1917. And of course, there was a major shift that was just around the corner that was going to happen in 1917 for the city. And this was the establishment of Camp Custer. This wasn't even on the horizon at this point. It's kind of fascinating to look at this article on the city's industry. And there was no mention of Fort Custer or Camp Custer because it wasn't even on the radar. It was something that would develop in late 1916 and 1917, Battle Creek would propose the land west of the city, which was the old Harmonia Village, and there was a lot of uh, farmland out there, and they would propose that as a site for a military base camp that the U.S. government was soliciting for locations around the United States, and they would get selected. And so there would be this huge change in industry from that as well, with a increase of workers coming in to build that camp in 1917. And then, the, of course, the soldiers arriving shortly after that and filling up the camp and getting ready to go to war over in Europe. So there was a lot of unknown changes on the horizon as they wrote this article. And it's just kind of interesting to see the, uh, the industry growth from the impact of the war in Europe, as well as what was coming around the corner, that I would imagine was on their minds that the U.S. may end up getting involved in it. I don't think that they had any idea at this point that there would be another major change, like Camp Custer coming into the area of Battle Creek at this point in history. But it's a very interesting tour to look at a lot of the different industries that were going on in Battle Creek at the time. Fascinating, diverse uh, manufacturing base and you can see that they had uh, a lot of employment going on in the city for people working at these various uh, factories. And uh, there was a lot of hope and um, positive outlook on the future for that point in history. And I believe there's still a lot of uh, growth and activity and manufacturing going on. And Battle Creek has just changed so much from 100 years ago. We're manufacturing different things. But we have the Fort Custer Industrial Park. Marshall has its own industrial park that they've been building. And, of course, there's a new battery plant going on out there. And there's a lot of talk and buzz about that. So there's a lot of different manufacturing of a different kind going on in this day. But it's kind of interesting to take a tour back in history and see what was going on well over 100 years ago in this area. But if you enjoyed today's episode, please uh, be sure to leave a review or rating on whatever app that you are listening on. And... I wanted to let you know that I will be uh, involved in a program in December. I know it's a little early. We're still in October, but the tickets will be going on sale for that program called Tales of Christmas Past. And it was a very popular program last year. We had two showings of that performance and we sold out both of them and I wanted to make the tickets available to my listeners before everybody else. So in this upcoming Friday's episode and possibly in this episode depends on the tickets coming out there will be a link where you can pick up tickets early and so I wanted to give you guys a heads up on that so I will put the link either in the show notes of this episode or the episode that's going to come out this Friday. It will be a link in there and you can pick up your tickets early and put that date on your calendar. 
Uh, the cast is the same from last year. It will feature Dave Eddy, uh, Bobby Mathis, Donna Rickman. She is an amazing woman to see uh, performing on anything, and she's done some outstanding work at the museum. So we're so excited that she's part of the program again. Of course, we also have Brian and Jill McCombs, incredible character actors, and also myself. So there's all six of us coming back as the cast from last year to bring you into that Christmas cheer. And of course, if you'd like to reach out to me, you can always find me at michaeldelaware.com. I'm always happy to hear from my listeners. You can send me a message through there and give me your thoughts about the podcast. And if you have any suggestions about future episodes, I'm always happy to hear about that. And until next time, when we take another journey into yesterday and explore even more fascinating tales of Southwest Michigan's past. Thank you for listening. <laughs>